This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Steve Brandy on WDAN News. This newscast brought to you by Right Seating and Air. Call Frank at 217-442-4027. He always answers the phone. It's now official that a countywide schools tax referendum will be on the April 4th consolidated election ballot. This will be for a 1% sales tax, but following state law, items such as groceries, automobiles, medicine, and seed, farm equipment, and farm inputs would not apply. Vermilion County School Superintendent Aaron Hurd says the way this works is if enough school districts in Vermilion County representing a total of over half the student population that lives inside the county pass their own resolutions for this and apply with the regional office, then it goes on the ballot. As Hurd explains, the regional superintendent is simply a neutral party acting upon a request of the majority of the county's districts. Danville District 118 was not one of those requesting this, but they would receive their share of the revenue if it is passed. My office is simply certifying the resolutions that their boards passed. And once they have passed those resolutions, then I have to certify that at least 50% of the students in Vermilion County are represented by those resolutions. If the referendum passes April 4th, it'll take effect four months later. The revenue produced from this referendum would be collected by the regional superintendent's office, then distributed to the school districts based upon emphasizing again how many students they have who happen to live in Vermilion County. Believe it or not, some of our school districts actually have students residing outside of Vermilion County. And so those students are taken away out of the total number, and then it's distributed based on each district's population of Vermilion County students. And while there are limits on what can be taxed, there are also limits on what the revenue from this can be spent on. Can't be used for teachers' salaries or textbooks. As Hurd explains, it is mostly for capital uses such as for land acquisition, the building of new facilities, including for athletics and for security and safety, and also to help pay off debts. It can be used to lower property taxes and pay off those bonds that are are currently out there that property taxes are paying for. It could then be turned around and used for that as well. A simple majority of yes votes on April 4th would put this 1% sales tax for schools into effect. Jacob Lane is hanging on to his hopes to be a third candidate for mayor of Danville in the upcoming April 4th election. Tomorrow, January 19th, his petition for judicial review is scheduled to be heard at the Vermilion County Courthouse. Danville's Mayor Ricky Williams Jr. had filed a complaint with the Danville Election Commission saying that Lane did not have the required 225 legitimate signatures on his election petition because seven were from individuals outside the Danville city limits and 15 were from individuals not registered to vote in the Danville municipal election. The Danville Election Commission agreed with this and ruled in December that Jacob Lane, a local political consultant and freelance journalist, was off the ballot. Lane says the main point of his petition for judicial review is how the Danville Election Commission itself conducts business. If they're expecting a candidate, whether it's me or anyone else, to follow the law, they need to follow the law to a T as well. The agenda for their meeting on the 14th was not posted on their website 48 hours in advance. 
I was denied due process in the sense that I received literally zero notifications of the meeting on the 14th. I did receive notifications for the meeting on the 21st, but nothing about the 14th where they took the action to remove me from the ballot. Now, tomorrow morning's session at the Vermilion County Courthouse, 11.30 a.m., the two Danville mayoral candidates on the April 4th ballot at this time, incumbent Ricky Williams Jr. and Vermilion Housing Authority Executive Director Jackie Vinson. Lawmakers in Illinois have passed a bill and sent it to the governor that requires employers to provide five days of paid leave for um, paid leave, that is, to employees. The Paid Leave for All Workers Act guarantees up to 40 hours of paid leave per year for all employees. During the debate about this, State Rep. Deanne Matsochi said the legislation is going to be detrimental to the bottom line for small businesses. What it's going to mean is more businesses close, more businesses can't survive, and the very people you're trying to protect won't have jobs at all. Now the bill's sponsor, State Rep. Jahan Gordon Booth. Small businesses are the backbones of all of our communities, regardless of where we live at. But those employees are the backbones of those small businesses. Now, Booth said many labor groups are on board with the measure, including the Illinois Retail Merchants Association and the Illinois Manufacturers Association. From the VermilionCountyFirst.com News Studios, I'm Steve Brandy. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit NewhoffMedia.com.